welcome to the newest episode to become a competent biblical counselor. My name is Dr. Dave Jones and today's episode is entitled Biblical Means Biblical. And the scripture we're going to use today is 2 Timothy 3.16. And it says very simply, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So let's take a look at that verse. All Scripture doesn't say Old Testament, doesn't say New Testament, doesn't say some, doesn't say Scripture. It says all Scripture is God breathed. This is not something that Paul or Timothy or Peter or anybody else came up with. This is directly from God, as if God was standing right here talking to us. This is what God is saying. He's saying that all Scripture is what? Is useful for, get this, for specific things, for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting and training in righteousness. Why? So that the servant of God, which is you, the biblical counselor, may be thoroughly not somewhat, not a little bit, not sometimes, but thoroughly equipped for what? Not some work, every good work. I think what's important to understand here is what the writer is trying to get across in that reflection is made upon what the Bible refers to as the basic difficulties and problems associated with what man is dealing with comes down to three basic issues. Number one is organic malfunction. There could be something in your body that's causing you harm and discontent and um, all kinds of various different uh, intangible issues. But that's what the medical model is all about. That's what physicians are all about is to correct those issues. And then there's uh, examples of demonic possession. And more importantly is the element of sin. And if the Bible says that the biggest problem that man has is a sinful response to things that are in his life and he's sinfully responding incorrectly, well, the Bible says that it is the place where you should go to identify what the sin is that you're creating and how the Bible says you must correct And replace the sinful attitude and conditions with biblical ones. So if the Bible has all of these answers, if the Bible says that it has everything and it's equipped to provide the counselor with everything that the counselor needs, why don't we use the Bible? Why do we have to go to other secular, secondary resources? Why is it that the Bible nowadays is a minor resource in correcting the issues and the problems that we face because we allow it. But let's go on. If you are going to learn how to become a competent biblical counselor, then you must be biblical. You must use the Bible in your counseling. After all, if you're a biblical counselor and choose not to use the Bible, why refer to yourself as a biblical counselor? You do not want to be like the Christian counselor who pretends to be biblical in their solutions to everyday problems and does not use the Bible 
a biblical counselor must use scriptures in counseling. You must have conviction, courage, and a steady determination to use the scriptures in counseling. Now, scriptural and biblical counseling is often very hard. Sinners who come for counseling always want to do things the easy way. And they will always want to bypass the hard work of determining from the scriptures of what God's solutions to their problems may be. For years, I had a website and a counseling service called Steel and Velvet Counseling. And the purpose with this is that if you're having problems and they're difficult problems, we will get in the trenches with you. We will support you, we will help you, we will encourage you, we will give you guidance and teach you and have a plan of action to follow to help you apply God's Word to your life, to put off the old, as Paul said, and put on the new, and to have a new, regenerated life to live. We are also listed in Psychology Today as one of the preferred Christian counselors and therapists. And we say very succinctly in our biography, that this is biblical counseling. We approach problems from a scriptural point of view and we expect you to apply scripture to your life as God would have commanded you to do. And if you don't want to find out what God has to say about your problems, then you're better off just dealing with somebody else because we're not gonna change for you. We're going to talk to you about what God wants you to do. And some counselors just are not comfortable doing that. Well, that's what a biblical counselor must do. You have the support and the comfort of knowing that essentially you're never going to be wrong because you're just going to use scripture. The Bible says this, this is what you must do whether you feel like it or not. And if people say, well, I don't agree with that and I don't want to do that, they're fine. Just continue living your life the best that you can, the way that you have, and good luck. But once you decide you really want to change, once you've been convicted by the Holy Spirit that I've got to change, but I just don't know how, we'll show you how. We'll show you from Scripture what the Bible says you must do. And it's going to be very, very hard. And what I mean by being hard is that you've developed some habits, some habits of thinking, some habits of doing, some habits of acting that you must put off and replace them with some other more tangible, and hopeful and encouraging activities. That's the hard part. The formula is easy, putting it in an application is the hard part, but you have to be convicted that regardless, you're gonna stay the path. As an example, we had a lady in our church once, she was uh, had a master's degree in life coaching, and she presented herself as a Christian counselor. And one day in church, I approached her and I said, so how you doing today? And she says, well, I'm a little, down I've had a rough week I said oh about what well I've been depressed I said what have you been about what she says well just school and work and everything and I just don't feel that God's given me the the uh, encouragement to go on and, and to do what I'm just she says I'm just confused I said well, what have you been doing about your situation well I've been praying constantly I've been reading scripture constantly I've been playing music constantly I've been meditating uh, on and on, and uh, she says, it's, it's just so hard. I, I, just, I just don't see any results at all. And I said, so how many times have you been trying this? She says, well, two or three days. And I said, oh, okay. I said, well, she says, you got any suggestions for me? And I said, well, 
the first thing you could do is uh, maybe you should stop praying about your problem. And she says, well, what do you mean? I said, well, you've been praying about your problem. God's told you what to do. Been reading scripture about your problem. God's told you what to do. You've been listening to music about your problems that's, a, that's uplifted you, but you haven't done anything about it. Maybe you should stop doing all these things and start doing what God tells you to do. She says, well, I could take a pill and feel better in 15 or 20 minutes. I said, yep. I said, you're a Christian counselor, and that's what you think that you should do. Unfortunately, our conversation stopped right then, but she got my point. So many people, so many Christians, instead of doing the hard work and the victorious work that God requires them to do, they instead will run to faith healers or exorcists or those who claim to receive extra biblical guidance or revelation as a revelation to uh, quick answers. Uh, they will plead experience as their claim to scriptures and try to use the Bible for magical answers. And just another addition here, sometimes they get to the point of finding something that helps them in a given temporary moment to feel better, to act better, and they will assume that they must do that very same activity and thought process for the rest of their life. And in addition, they're superstitious. They come up with these things, and they say, well, if I walk this way, I'm never going to have this problem again. So now they're relying upon their superstition. And there are new external pressures that people, especially Christians, are faced with. They go to the church to get help, and they're referred to local psychologists and local psychiatrists to help with the problem. And the pressures are so great that and the counseling they get comes from man's philosophies and concepts and ideas and procedures that are just obviously not scriptural at all. In fact, Colossians 2.8 spells it out pretty good. We have the Bible telling us that the Bible and scriptures is all that are needed to help man get through his everyday life. But we have pressures from the external world saying, no, you must go to the professionals who know more about helping you to get better than the Bible does. Well, you know, Isaiah, 100 years before Jesus was born, referred to the coming Messiah as the Wonderful Counselor. Well, if he's the Wonderful Counselor, why didn't Jesus use external sources other than Scripture? Every time Jesus counseled somebody, he used Scripture. So if it's good enough for Jesus, why isn't it good enough for me? Anyway, Colossians 2.8 is really interesting. It says, see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of the world rather than Christ. So there's an admonition, there's a warning, there's a cautionary concept that be careful. Be careful when you go to external sources. It's not the same thing as going to God and the scriptures. To put it simply, scriptural counseling is something that is totally scriptural. That's it. There's nothing more to add to it. Biblical counseling is nothing more than biblical. You reject ecclesism. You don't need other things to add to the Bible as an illustration or as proof or as justification that the Bible was right. You don't need any of that. You just need scripture. If you think you need a textbook for counseling to give you some examples and some suggestions on how to counsel various things, you don't. Just use the scripture. Become very familiar 
with what you can use in a given situation. At this point, I want to make reference to a book written by John MacArthur. It's entitled Counseling. And he says very succinctly, he says, quote, to, enc- to enlarge and reinforce the confidence of God's people in the sufficiency, superiority, and practicality of Scripture for dealing with all of the issues of life and to convince Christians that the resources we have in Christ and His Word are not only sufficient for handling and solving all of the personal and interpersonal problems of life, but are superior to the resources that are found in the world. Pretty good. Pretty succinct. Something you could really hang your hat on. And if that's the case, why don't we do that? Why are we going to secular sources? We're not getting the relief that God wants us to have if we go to secular resources. They are not resources to be cherished. There was a man that I spoke to number of years ago, clinical psychologist who believed that we as individuals evolved from frogs out of the ocean. And he went on and on and he had all kinds of source materials about his view of life and Christianity and God. He was not a believer in God at all. He totally laughed at the Bible as a resource for anything. And one day we're talking and he and I are, I just let him go off on his theories and his tangents and his lecturing. And finally I stopped and I said, well, you know what, Professor? I said, you're right. Everything that you say, you have proof of. I see all these books that you have here in your office. And you can say, yep, that book says this and this book says that. And that's fine. You're right. That's what they say. I said, but your resources are garbage. You choose to use this man-made stuff as justification for what you're doing. But from my point of view, this is all garbage. That's the difference between secular resources and secular counseling and biblical counseling. Oh, by the way, that clinical psychologist was my Uncle Lyle. So anyway, just a point of personal reference there. We've had some interesting discussions, and you can imagine how much fun I had with those. And uh, So that's our episode for today, is to bring you into the understanding that you can do this if you want to become a competent biblical counselor. You can do that. You have the textbook. You have the encouragement. You have the hope. So get it done. Just looking forward to talking to you in our next episode. Have a great day. Thank you.